Welcome to PERFCAST, the official podcast of the Police Executive Research Forum. Pioneering uses of artificial intelligence have begun to find their way into a broad range of professions, including policing. The Los Angeles Police Department recently announced a new research study that will use AI to analyze LAPD officers' tone and language during traffic stops, which could be used to develop state-of-the-art training. To learn more about this innovative project, PERF Executive Director Chuck Wexler spoke with LAPD Chief Michael Moore. Here is that conversation. Uh, So I read a recent story in the Los Angeles Times. The headline is, LAPD to use artificial intelligence to analyze body camera videos for officers' language use. I'm thinking, wow, this is, I don't know of another major department. Tell me about this. How did this come about? What is it you're doing? Well, thank you, Chuck, for the opportunity to talk more about this study that we're engaged with, with the University of Southern California. They approached us uh, a little while ago and asked uh, and made a proposal that recognizing LAPD's entire uh, uniform workforce uh, wears body-worn videos and that we collect some 14,000 interactions a day of video clips, that there was uh, an effort to see what can be learned from those uh, video clips, the audio interactions, and what can we learn to improve the interaction between officers and uh, persons being detained for traffic offenses or other detentions, and are there areas to improve the sense of procedural justice that occurs with people being given voice, people being listened to, people having a sense that they're being treated fairly. And so it's an area that interests us a great deal, but also came along with uh, some substantial hurdles in regards to the confidentiality. These are investigative stops, the uncertainty of, well, the officers are involved, that they're going to be subject to some type of of discipline or criticism because of what might be found or observed uh, during these uh, these reviews of these of these video recordings. Just just a footnote here. You said, did you say fourteen thousand videos a day? How many a day? Fourteen thousand video clips a day. Recognizing that we have hundreds of officers that work every day, so we have say seven hundred to eight hundred people working a day. Uh, the officer may have. 10 or 15 or 20 interactions during the course of the day that are captured on video. So this is like just stepping back. Giving cops body-worn cameras is one thing, but managing all of that video has to be like impossible, right? I mean, how do you even think about that? Well, absolutely. And, you know, and I appreciate Perf hosting the town hall meeting on this very subject of, you know, the path of body-worn, where are we at today with it, and what are the challenges, what are the opportunities, and certainly the challenge of it is managing such a huge treasure trove that could be rich with things that can help law enforcement, but also hide or, or found in those troves is dangerous uh, interactions or conduct that now when you look back at it, you go, wow, this was a brewing storm. So this is this is like, OK, we put body one camera videos out there. We have cops taking it, but it's like impossible to manage all that information. You would almost have to double the LAPD to manage it. So you say, OK, let me open myself up to researchers to come in here and try to figure out sort of how my officers are engaging with the public. Is that fair? That's fair. We currently monitor videos, certainly in critical instances, we review them and we do periodic audits and inspections on a randomized basis of, of, of video interactions. So that that's already in place. But we know that the vast majority of the interactions are not being analyzed they're not being captured and we're not learning from. Them. And so this was an opportunity we see 
as uh, it's an experiment. There is a there's a profile of artificial intelligence, machine learning that they want that the uh, researchers want to try and see if those tools can analyze large groups of such recordings and learn from them uh, I, uh, propositions or or, uh, or recommendations of how this interaction went versus these other interactions and are, are there opportunities for law enforcement to learn how how can training and how can guidance with our officers improve the outcomes for all parties involved feels like it's a research project first that looks at all of this information with independent researchers, but then the researchers are informing what that training should look like, right? That, that is a hope. And of course, you know, we'll look at what the researchers uh, will continue to monitor their methodology. We'll look at what they believe their findings are and how they interpret those findings. And, you know, we look to, to also ensure that, that those interpretations are fair and rational. Uh, and what can we learn from this? So it's a grand experiment. I am grateful that the leadership of our Los Angeles Police Protective League, that's our bargaining unit for the rank and file. We've worked closely with them uh, to ensure that the rights of their employees are protected uh, during this, this research. Yeah, I mean, that's an important distinction. I read this and I thought, well, you know, LAPD officers are gonna, you know, is this big brother checking on me? But you know, this this isn't about individual officers, is it? This is about identifying patterns and and ways that your officers are communicating with citizens, as opposed exactly. to going after individual officers. Correct. Exactly. This is not a gotcha. We're not looking to explore this this universe of of, of recordings and identify and now investigate individuals who have particular levels of conduct. We believe that the existing systems are in place. Uh, do that sufficiently for uh, ser serious misconduct and for innocent, anything that should be on our attention. But we don't know what we don't know. And that's what this research is meant to do. And what I'm grateful for the leadership of, of uh, the Police Protective League is that we have as assured that the anonymity of everyone's identity uh, in this is assured. The, the researchers will not know these individuals. They'll not know their personal identifying information and we've walled that off, as well as the supervision uh, to ensure that those walls are enforced, as well as the researchers and anyone involved will have to have confidence, will have to have confidentiality agreements, as well as background checks, so that people will honor this. Lastly, University of Southern California is an institution of, of just substantial standing prestige, and their integrity is, uh, I, I, I believe in, this isn't a small college someplace, that has got someone who may go rogue on this. I know that they're they're looking, they're they're dedicated to finding out what what we can learn from this for the betterment of law enforcement. Yeah, I mean, this is a real research study with research rules. You know, you're trying to find something out, you know, that can help the LAPD, but I, I think there's a lot that we're gonna learn nationally from what the LAPD does. This is a very bold experiment. Just for the methodology, we're gonna take 1,000 video clips of traffic and uniform patrol officers and those are our stops that are conducted. And we're going to have researchers, including uh, also former law enforcement uh, officials and members of, uh, of the profession, as well as community members. They're going to go into rooms and then independent of each other, they're going to score these video snippets. Uh, and they're going to standardize the, that scoring sheet. And then from that, the uh, researchers hope to bring in machine language and artificial intelligence to build algorithms so that they'll then look at 30,000 such clips. And from that, they hope to form a body of knowledge. 
Boy, this is this is a huge experiment, and it's a huge leap of faith. Uh, typical LAPD, you know, uh, pushing the envelope uh, to try to find out. I mean, you you really what you're really trying to do is how are my cops doing with traffic stops, and also feedback to the cops too. I mean, so that they can learn how yeah. they can get better, right? It is, but we also recognize, and I want to also explore what those outer limits are because we know that body worn has limits. Body-worn video does not tell the entire story. It's a two-dimensional story. It's viewpoints. It's, uh, it's, it is not a human experience. It's limited by, by its presentation. I don't know what this study will have as far as similar limitations, but we, we intend to explore and explain and identify that because, frankly, that's where innovation comes from. When you find out that, well, the, the machine capabilities today has these limitations, that's when you go back to the scientists and you say, okay, these are the limitations of this current study. Can you in fact overcome that? We see this with linguistics. When you look at voice to text technology over the last 20 years and the ability for machines to interpret and immediately trans, uh, uh, translate and accurately translate language, it's we've had generational leaps in progress in that. I think the same will happen here. We'll have limitations with what this thing, what this effort can find. But I believe that it's worthwhile, and I think the uh, the profession, I know LEP, we're going to benefit from it. I have every confidence of that. There's a lot of talk about artificial intelligence that can revolutionize professions, and policing could be one of them, couldn't it? A lot of people are pretty worried about this. Do you see it? So how I see it is, it's first of all, artificial intelligence is a scary term, right? Because it suggests an, an, an anonymity. It suggests like an, it's isolated and it's without, uh, it's its own mind if you will, and it's gonna create outcomes or a product that is beyond the control of you or I or the human element, that interface. And that within it, based on its structure, that it can create systemic issues of racism, bias, and other discrimination. Because if a man or a woman makes this, then it brings we bring those biases now to a machine and now the machine creates its own autonomous world. And, and it can be uh, Orwellian, it can be very scary in a sense, which is why I think it's so critical that the Department of Justice has established the importance of ethics and the ethics and the use of technology, recognizing the boundaries and the limitations that should be imposed on uh, the use of technology. Now, this is not the first AI experiment, you know, or the use, first use of AI. Facial recognition is a prime example of, of using artificial intelligence. It's, it's taking, uh, and, and by the way, you know, technology is all just a matter of X's and O's. It's not a matter of some, there's some, power out there figuring things out that you, that we don't know. It's in fact going down paths that humans have established as connections and as probability. But the, uh, you know, to a computer, one foot in hot water, one foot in cold water, and you're lukewarm, when in reality, you're, you're, you're neither. So there's limitations to the use of technology. This is a, a, an advancement, a next step. I'm sure that it will, uh, as it did when it was announced, it created concerns by the point of the rank and file of what, you know, what, uh, how would it impact them? How could it negatively impact them? So we took steps to safeguard that. Uh, but I'm also recognizing we're taking a risk as to what findings this research will, will suggest or, or identify that we may or may not agree with because every research report, you know, you read with some skeptics, a skeptical eye, or you should, of, did the, does the research, does the methodology, does the, are the findings supported, or are they 
simply uh, one way of interpreting the information right. as presented. It, it feels like you've got enough people involved, enough safeguards involved. You've got police, you've got community, you've got you've worked with the unions. It it, it really sounds like uh, you're trying to to take the LAPD to the next level, aren't you? We are, but I also want to give credit where credit's due. This is uh, uh, then-President Commissioner William Briggs, Police Commissioner William Briggs. Uh, He was, uh, when he learned of this uh, outreach and this engagement by USC, uh, he took it on uh, personally as one of his legacy uh, efforts as a a police commission president. So I also think that this is not just the department itself, but the board of directors, this board of police commissioners challenging the organization uh, in this effort of continuous improvement to, to, to venture down this course. And it took, you know, that type of, of uh, support, if you will, because you can only imagine, I, I'm sure you do, and, and police leadership will, uh, the, the naysayers, the ones that are out there saying, you know, no good can come from this. Uh, this is going to embarrass the organization or could embarrass. And if there's nothing, if, if we can't guarantee it's going to be uh, nothing but uh, but, but uh, laudatory to the department, why are we engaged in it? And I don't believe that's how policing advances. I think that you've got to take risks. You've got to show vulnerability. And we, got, we cannot be afraid of things that we don't know. We should, we should act responsibly about it. And I think we have in this case. So I'm looking forward to it. It is going to take uh, you know, our first snippet of this, our first report back. Uh, very preliminarily, it will be uh, six to eight months from now. And that'll be the, the initial setup of the uh, 1,000 uh, reviews. And then from that will come a report of how the machine language will uh, be constructed. And then it'll go off on the uh, looking at the nearly 30,000 clips. And I suspect that that'll take another six months. Then they'll take time to interpret. So I'm, it's going to be 18 to 24 months in duration before we'll have the final outcome. Well, the outcome for me will be it identifying uh, what are some avenues and training uh, some observations regarding our behaviors and, and what are some strategies to improve Uh, the performance of our work as we go to protect the people of Los Angeles. Thanks for listening to this episode of PERFCAST, the official podcast of the Police Executive Research Forum. Please be sure to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. For more information on PERF, visit www.policeforum.org or follow us on Twitter at Police Forum. Thanks again for listening.